I'm stretched out like a great big river Wait on and let's swim together And lines are blurred, the infinity of choice Entering the temporal void Desolation Row slash Margaritaville. This is Duff Dixon. You're listening to Play It By Year, the show that examines the history of popular music one year at a time. You've heard Doopy Time by Doopies, an incredible album that y'all should definitely look into. Released in 1995. Welcome to 1995 Night on Play It By Year. I'm going to tease something up top because I am pumped. Colleen Claxton, my good buddy, former uh, time traveler, the only other one to survive the way that I did. I'm, I'm This is Maury Povich night, y'all. Tonight, she is going to be calling her son, her estranged son, live on the air and having a heartfelt, like, 
come to Jesus, tearful apology. There's probably going to be like some I love you's flying around. There's going to be, it's just going to, I can't believe it. I'm finally becoming the daytime talk show that I've always dreamt this show would become. Uh, let's talk about 1995 lost chapter in history. If you were alive then and like cogent in any way, there's no, you, it, it would be a statistical impossibility that you do not remember the media circus that surrounded the O.J. Simpson trial. Y'all remember it. If you were there, y'all remember it. He was acquitted very controversially. He did it. He did do it. I can confirm that for you. Uh, I want to tell you a, a very peculiar story about that trial, however. One of the defining moments of that trial was when the man attempted to put a glove back onto his hand that was found at the scene of the crime and he he efforted to do it, and it would not go over his hand. His his counsel, Johnny Cochran, famously said, "If the glove don't fit, you must acquit." I I'm here to tell you something crazy about that moment because it happens to involve yours truly, Duff Dixon. I was in the Los Angeles courthouse that day. I was doing some other business, some side business. I happened to be leaving. They got big metal doors there. You should know that. As I as I'm leaving the courthouse. Mr. Simpson is being escorted into a door that I that I am exiting. Okay, he is not cuffed at this time, but he has police escort. And then I heard somebody say, "Hold that door." It was too late, however. That giant metal door came, bam, slammed right down shut on his dang hand, and he was hooting and hollering. It must have hurt like a son of a, because I mean that dude was just like every four letter word you could think of. And and here's the thing, y'all. The glove was going to fit, but it got all swole up like, you know, like when you hit your hammer in a Looney Tunes cartoon and I here. Okay. So I got to explain something about time travel to y'all. When you make a change in history, you're the only person who remembers history before the change you made. I grew up in a world where OJ Simpson was convicted and went to prison because of that, that bombshell glove evidence. He was acquitted. It was my fault. Y'all free man to this day because of Duff Dixon. And I couldn't flip back and undo it because it, the computer deemed that it was necessary for my mission. Boy, this is a lot of stuff to get into up top, but yeah. Hey, sorry about that. You know, these are just like a, one of those things that happens butterfly effect style when you're back making changes. Uh, I do have a discussion question for y'all tonight. What is your most unpopular opinion? I'd like us all to open ourselves up to some criti- some criticism, you know, maybe some jeers and some boos. I'll go first. My most unpopular opinion, you have to imagine, I've been alive for 20, mil- 20 billion years, so it, at a certain point, pretty much every opinion I've ever had has come out of my mouth and been shared with another human being. I know for a fact what my most unpopular opinion is. It always seems to get a reaction. I prefer the taste of water in my cereal over milk in my cereal. Call me a monster. You know, light your torches and grab your pitchforks. I just think you can taste, it's a more neutral liquid. You can taste the cereal better. I'm, I'll never convince anybody to come on to my side, but that's my side, y'all. I'm not afraid to share that about myself. I wonder if I lost a subscriber because of that. If you're just like, never again, Dixon. 
You've, you've drawn your last. All right, so it's 1995 night. That means we got to have a conversation about Britpop. So you might surmise Britpop came out of Great Britain. It was a rejection of the kind of sludgier, grittier sounds of grunge and alternative that was coming out of America at that time. Britpop, by contrast, it was bright, it was clear, it was peppy. You know, as the name would suggest, it was quite pop music forward, big hooks. Uh, But there was still kind of a darkness lurking underneath in the form of all these rivalries that was happening between the bands. 1995 was a pivotal year for the form. Uh, with the with the genre's two biggest acts, it's two marquee acts, Blur and Oasis, they become sworn enemies of one another, and they were trained like truly heinous, like you know, sound bites in the media about each other. They went head to head and released albums on the same day to see who would like outsell who. The event was hyped as the Battle of Britpop, and the dust has since cleared in this war. So let's go back and examine the music itself, see what we come away with here on the Britpop block, 1995 night, play it by year with me, Duff Dixon. She came from Greece, she had a thirst for knowledge. She studied sculpture at St. Martin's College, that's where I Cut your hair and get it done. And smoke some facts and play some pool. 
successful fella Thought to himself, oops, I've got a lot of money Caught in a rat race, terminally I'm a professional cynic, but my heart's not in it I'm paying the price of living life at the limit Caught up in the centuries, anxiety Yes, it preys on him Watching afternoon repeats and the food he eats in the country. He takes a manner of pills and piles up on his bills in the country. Oh, it's like an animal farm, that's a rural charm in the country. He's got morning glory and life's a different story. Everything's going jack and jolly. Touch with his own mortality. In the country In the 
Year 1995, not me, Duff Dixon. Uh, you just heard Don't Look Back in Anger by Oasis. Before that, uh, Country House by Blur and All Right by Supergrass. And we began that block with Common People by Pulp. Now, the result of the Battle of Britpop was that Oasis pretty handily beat Blur in terms of sales and charting and whatnot. And I think what it was was that the those brothers Gallagher really thrived on the conflict of that kind of tabloid nastiness. I think it really got to the boys in Blur and kind of cracked them. And I think that like, it may, you know, that kind of pressure made Oasis become more focused and made Blur become sloppier. That's my take on it as an outsider looking back on the Battle of Britpop. We got a discussion question tonight. What is your most unpopular opinion? This is a big one because I'm, I'm asking y'all to kind of open yourself up to potentially, you know, being sort of scoffed at or maybe maybe you like being rejected by society depending on how unpopular we're talking got a caller on right now caller you're on with duff dixon who am i talking to hey duff this is angie hey hey angie it's been a minute (laughs) you're like one of my favorite callers thanks for calling Uh, back in yeah no problem i had to call uh when i heard your unpopular opinion because... Oh, I'm excited. I'm because I've gotten to know you a little bit over. I know that you were a person who once owned a a lead or a, a limp biscuit undergarment. So that feels like you're already <laughs> kind of spiritually ready for this. We're moving into this kind of social pariah territory. <laughs> Right. I mean, I might just be an unpopular opinion myself, but um, no, I mine is about milk also, and so what? I we had both to... have like milk related, <laughs> milk related unpopular opinions. Okay, yeah. cool. And I I'm wondering if maybe it's not as unpopular as we think, um, but I definitely would never put water on my cereal. I do think that that's insane. And sure. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm okay I'm, with it. You can take okay. your shots at me as long as I can come back at you for whatever you're about to say. <laughs> I just think that milk, like I'm talking cow's milk should just, we should stop. I don't think that it should happen anymore. I think it's disgusting. Um, and it actually makes me gag, like thinking about drinking milk. Um, yeah. Now, now let's. I want to get to the bottom of this. Now, how much of your "let's stop cow's milk" comes from the kind of horrors of unethical, you know, commercial farming? Well, of course, that could be a part of it. I mean, um, that would make me a little bit of a hypocrite because I, I do eat meat. Um, so, really, just, what you're saying yeah. here is that milk is gross. Yeah, milk. Just gross. because it's gross. <laughs> yeah, it's so gross. What about like, what, what, what about like cooking? You know, I don't do a lot of baking myself, but I, I understand that, you know, you're making some cookies. You got to put milk in there. I use other milk. Like I can't, I can't do it. It's coming from a cow's teat. Sure. Inside uh, of its body from the cud that it is, that it is chewing. Now, are you, you're looking for a plant-based milk then? 
I guess, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely, like, someone that is made fun of probably by others. Like, I put oat milk in my coffee. I'm definitely one of those. But it's not from a cow. I just, the, even just the taste of cow's milk is disgusting to me. I just, I I honestly, I can't understand how anyone can drink it. I definitely, Um, when I meet, like, an adult who will sit down with a glass of milk as a normal beverage, it also makes me, not disgusted, I don't find it disgusting, but it does kind of, like, give me pause for a minute when I see it. There's something about drinking straight milk that feels like you're just, you're, you're consuming an ingredient rather than, you know, a distinct standalone beverage. Am I out of line here? I don't know about that. Also, um, isn't it widely known that Nazis like to drink milk? I mean, I'm just putting it out there. I don't know if that's true, but I can say (laughs) right now from experience, I've, I've personally, you know, been acquainted with several Nazis from the, the time of world war two who did in fact, drink milk and we kind of like chide people for drinking schnapps that's what they drink over there is like their liquor of choice saying that it wasn't wholesome and that milk is wholesome yeah i mean it's there is something about that right like we gotta purify we gotta (laughs) this white liquid that we must drink for our for our perfect aryan bodies i'm with you 100 percent on that angie that's interesting. I never, I kind of forgot that you can immediately fact check me because of personal experience. So I mean, on most great. things, probably, right? I mean, yeah. I, I haven't really gotten into it, but I will say on my last 10 billion year shift, I did spend like several million years just kind of sitting around doing nothing. I was in pretty much a funk. <laughs> but most of the time, I was out doing stuff and seeing stuff and meeting people. What do you think? Uh, here's, I got another question about the, the possibilities of alternative milks. All right. Okay. For a long time, we were in the we were in the kind of the oat burger, the garden burger era of like here's uh, some plants we put together that to resemble a burger. Now we've moved into like the space age of the of the the plant based burger. We got the Impossible Burger, the Beyond Burger. Do you think that's coming next for milk? Are we going to have some kind of weird, you know, oh, science God. milk that we're all going to start drinking? Get you know, ga- gals milk or whatever we call it. Oh, I don't know, but that honestly, that sounds almost worse. <laughs> you don't um, want to drink pea protein isolate with I your mean, no. with your, your your morning coffee. I would try it actually. You know what? Yeah, I want it. Some give me some gals, little gals creamer. <laughs> Since I'd we're here, it. and you know, you and me, as uh, <laughs> as the bloodhound gang once said, I ain't nothing but mammals ourselves. <laughs> What do you what what is your opinion on the kind of holistic Instagram uh let's use our own breast milk in our cooking thing? I can't believe you that you just asked me that without knowing my history with breast milk. Um so- <laughs> I, I'm very excited that we've arrived here in the discussion. Take us away, Angie. All right. Well, there's a lot of things that breast milk is good for other than just feeding babies. So um, the biggest, my favorite one is that you can cure pink eye with it. Um, and I know that because I've used it for that on myself and on my children. And, and it all, really and works. Wow. You might, you may have accidentally just 
actually stumbled onto your most unpopular opinion here, Angie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think of that, actually. But yeah, you, I think you might be right. Yeah, no, I even... Um, so I have two children, so I had breast milk and, um, you know, I put it in their eyes if they would have like, you know, kids get like conjunctivitis and stuff. And then one time I got pink eye and I didn't have any breast milk, but I knew that one of my friends did. And I called Whoa, okay, her. This is, I'm <laughs> buckling up because this is yeah. wild what you're telling me right now. Okay. <laughs> she lived a block away and I texted her and I was like, Hey, I know this is kind of weird, but can I have just like a little bit of your breast milk? Because, uh, and I kind of explained it. She's like, yeah, come on over. It was like in Northern California. So I felt like it was like the Mendocino cup of sugar, like <laughs> going over there and borrowing <laughs> breast milk for my pink eye, which worked great. That's a great friendship. I'm glad that you felt comfortable enough to ask. I'm glad that, that, she understood what you were getting at and was willing to be a member of the human community. You know what? I, I approve both of your unpopular opinions tonight, Angie. <laughs> uh, you, have, you have successfully navigated this episode of Play It By Year. I appreciate your time. Please call back anytime. You're a great caller, as usual. Man, Angie always just, just full of surprises. Just <laughs> full of surprises, man. She got limp biscuit in her, in her, her pants. And she got breast milk in her eye, and she got clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. We're going to get back up into the music. Uh, here we go. Y'all know about New Jack Swing, right? Kind of a fusion of hip-hop and funk and R&B, big beats, funky bass lines, smooth singing. Kind of ran through the mid-80s up into the mid-90s with some artists who, like, were really pushing that style at the time uh, would be, like, you know, Bobby Brown or um, Michael Jackson at that later period or R. Kelly at that earlier period. Gosh, dang. <laughs> I just named three. All three of those fellers were pretty messed up dudes, but those were the New Jack Swing guys. But, hey, good news. None of them on this next block, because this block, we only going to be looking at the women of New Jack Swing, which is why I'm calling this block New Jill Swing, here on Play It By Year 1995 night with me, Duff Dixon.
human nature Would it sound better if I were Cause I'm not Swing, play it by year 1995 night. You just heard Human Nature by Madonna. Before that, Baby by Brandy and Tell Me by Groove Theory. And we began that block with Creep by TLC. New Jill Swing. What a fun block, man. That's some good stuff. Still holds up. Still sounds like the era, but not like, you know, dated in a way that makes you think, oh boy, what were we thinking? You know what I mean by that? Does that make sense to y'all? Hey, just a reminder, our discussion question tonight, what is your most unpopular opinion? I do have a caller here with me on the line. Let me bring them on. Caller, you're on with Duff Dixon. Who am I talking to? Hey, Duff Duff, it's Mike. How's it going, man? Hey, Mike. Boy, you got you coming in hot. You got some energy on you, Mike. How you doing? First, first time, long time, brother. I'm so happy to be on here with you. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I think I got my Christmas shopping all sorted out, although admittedly I don't like have that many people to shop for it's kind of coasted into the end of the year i'm just like you know taking in my retirement mike what what about you you like you you do a lot of christmas shopping what's your situation oh i love me some christmas shopping i shop for all the kids around the block you know me and my lovely josephine we can't have no kids I just like I like buying presents for the other kids around the block. That's so you know, sweet. I just drop them off. That's for very them. sweet, Mike. That you would use that. You know what someone say might be an unfortunate set of circumstances as as a springboard to put more love out there into the world. Who who could argue with something like that? But this is not the show of popular of of getting people on your side with your good behavior. This is about unpopular opinions, Mike. Have you got an unpopular opinion in the chamber for me? Well, I mean, just, just even with this Christmas stuff, you know, I love Christmas. I listen to Christmas music all year round. You know, some people that say it's a seasonal thing, but for me, I love it all year round, you know. Like all year round. So let's get re- let's get a little bit granular there. So it's June. You're in the hoopty. You're just bumping Christmas music. Oh, yeah. 2,000 miles by the pretender? That's going on during the summer. Okay, but that scene now, we're talking about 2,000 miles by the pretenders works. It is a Christmas song, of course, but it's like a pop song, too. Would you just put on Jingle Bell Rock in the hoopty? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Of course I do. I put it on with that, uh, what's that one guy? He does a lovely, uh... Straight Cats rendition of it. It's a wonderful one. <laughs> I know the one you're Lovely is an interesting word for that. Sure. I guess it's kind of lovely. What are what are like your your big Christmas hits? Like what's number one with a bullet for a mic? Oh, fairy tale New York. Anytime I'm deep in my drinks, I love putting that song on. It reminds me of my lovely Josephine over here. A we man listen of taste. to it. You're a man of it's, taste. It's a great song, Fairy Tale in New York by the Pogues. What a great song. Do you ever think that they should like do an official repressing without that little F slur in it so that we could kind of get over that that part of the song culturally and not have to be like, well, you know, it was a different time. It was a little bit different back then. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm totally down for that. You know, everything's fluid. We're always moving forward and moving around and just get rid of that stigma so all the kids can sing along to a drunken guy singing to his paramour. Okay, here's let me ask you this. You're with you're you got some buddies in the car. You're coming uh-huh. back from I don't know what you like to do, night of bowling perhaps. What do you like to do for fun with with the boys? As far as Christmas music, because I'm no, 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 some no, 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 no. Separate from that. Separate from that. I'm. You sound. You sound like a man who might have a crew. Do you have a crew? Oh yeah, we got a crew. You know, we all used to work for the sanitation department. Sure. When it's when you going out on night of the town with the crew, what do you, what's what standard fare? You all go to the bar. Y'all go bowling. What's your situation? Well, I mean, after bowling, we like to do a little bit of the, the frangin stuff. Okay, sure. So then, if and you're... that's my other thing. That's my other unpopular opinion. They say that that's that's a homosexual act. There's nothing wrong with just two hetero dudes doing that. You know, I got Josephine at home. She's doing her own thing. Why can't some guys just have fun and just do it that way? I don't know if I'm saying the word correctly. It's the word I really only read. So I don't know the pronunciation. You okay, know how say that for works. me again one more time what you're doing with your fellow friends. Franzen? I'm not. Franzen? Is that? I, I feel like I'm out of my depth. But listen, I, why does it? Why do you got to put? It, be so quick to say it's not a homosexual act. Can you describe the act to me first of all? Well, usually it's uh it's two dudes, you know, they get the junk together, and then it's a, a communal jerk-off, if you would say okay, so. Okay, all right. Well, okay. And to me, that's not Hang gay, on a second, know? hang on a second. First of all, we try to, other. you know, we, we try to, on this show, we try to <laughs> have a little bit of propriety, you know? There might be young children listening. Can we say, can we maybe say, like, uh, you know, manual stimulation or something like that? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We could do that. But you know what I'm saying is, there's nothing gay about well, it. Well, like, I feel like whether or not something is gay or, or straight, that feels like a game that fellas would play back in the day. But just, just to, this is a show back going back in the day, so I do want to clarify one thing. Are you, are you saying that you are, how am I going to put this delicately? Are you saying that you are, are uh, loving yourself in the presence of another person who is loving themselves, or is there an exchange of love happening? Well, it's, it's all the love going together, you know what I'm saying? You're smashing bits, and it's all, <laughs> it's all happening at the same <laughs> time, you know? We're trying to be economic about a time period we have Okay, here. listen, if you don't feel, if you do not feel comfortable identifying as a person who who has room for homosexual activity that's between you and your own identities i do think by the textbook definition what you are describing is probably a a homosexual activity and i think that's great that y'all are are getting up to that i think it's great that you guys have that kind of relationship i do hope that what'd you say your your significant other's name was Josephine. Josephine. She's right over here. She loves your show, too. We listen to you every Sunday night. So she's over the moon that we're doing this right okay, now. Okay, so this isn't like behavior that you're you're keeping from Josephine. This is something that's... No, no, not at all. And my whole thing with the labels is when I go to type it in into the Pornhub, you got to go to the gay version of Pornhub to get the really juicy <laughs> okay. stuff. Yeah, you feel like because you're being labeled when that happens. Exactly. I don't. I mean, on the other one, on the straight Pornhub, there's usually girls standing there with nothing to do, really, but she has to be in the room, so it's, you know, 
not gay. I'm just going to give the doll a sound like break. a Sounds like an easy paycheck, though, in this economy. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't like, stand around some activity for an afternoon, get a little bit of padding for the... For the Christmas present fund, you know? Put in the coffers. Why not? Here's a question. Let's say, hypothetically, you and one of your your buddies was going to... It's been a, You've been a night on the town. You're going to have a little bit of time together, maybe in a... In, I imagine you drive some sort of a an SUV or a or pickup truck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we got the Cadillac. Okay, so activity is starting to rise up with one of you and, you and your passenger. What Christmas song do you put on to set the mood? Like I said, the Christmas rapping. So the Christmas rapping, most people don't know one of the most stellar bass lines. And I got the bass underneath the back seat, so it just enheightens the entire, you know, the entire thing. It makes it more fantastic. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, Mike, I gotta say, you've certainly uh, graced this show with a unique perspective. No judgment whatsoever. I think your unpopular opinion was perhaps a little bit tamer. Than, uh, than your follow-up, but on this show, we accept all kinds of people finding their joy and their love in their best way. I wish you, I wish you and your buddies and your significant other uh, all the best, and Merry Christmas to you, Mike. Merry Christmas, Duff. I hope you have a good one, buddy. Call it any time. I might screen if he does call back. That did get a little saucy for our program here, but ultimately, labels are an interesting uh, thing to talk about, I, I feel. Anyhow... This has been <laughs> quite a show so far. We're going to forge right ahead. Uh, there was a lot of, of heavy music in the 1990s. Grunge, you know, grunge was kind of coming to a close. But I want to I look at a form that really came to prominence around this time. I want to look at stoner metal. Is stoner, is stoner metal just like heavy metal that is performed and enjoyed uh, by recreational cannabis users, perhaps, perhaps, but that might be oversimplifying things. You know, stoner metal is bluesy, it's psychedelic, it's got features of doom metal, it, oftentimes it's very thick and bassy and plotty. It, uh, so whether or not we choose to imbibe of the devil's lettuce, let us all throw up the horns, regardless. <laughs> In celebration of the stoner metal block here on 1995 night, play it by year with me, Duff Dixon.
weed is a plant, but those uh, stoners sure did play some metal just now. You just heard Clean My Wounds by Corrosion of Conformity. Before that, The End by Acrimony. That's a, that's a good one. Glad I could put you on that track, y'all. And One Inch Man by Caius. And we began that block with uh, Stone the Crow by Down. Pretty cool stuff, I think. I like the sludginess of it. I feel like it's pretty melodic. You know, people people who who imbibe like to enjoy a groove. So some of that stuff has some groove, in my opinion. Y'all, reminder, we're having a big emotional like family reunion at the end of this show. I feel like, what's my move there? I think I shouldn't get involved, first of all. I should come in at the end and be like, that was beautiful, but I should give them space during. That's my feeling. What do y'all think? Uh, reminder, we do have a discussion question tonight. What's your most unpopular opinion? I got a caller on the line right Right now, let me bring him on. Caller, you're on with Duck Dixon. Who am I talking to? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's Janice. Uh, mm, yeah, you know what? Let's just call me Ted. Okay, sure, sure. <laughs> I, I, I love your vibe already. You got a chill vibe. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, are you calling in tonight to talk about this discussion question? Do you have an unpopular opinion you're hoping to share with the audience tonight? Uh, unpopular opinion? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, shoplifting from uh, shoplifting from big box stores. In fact, stealing in, in any way you possibly can from major corporations is not only morally defendable, but it's patriotic. Actually, uh, <laughs> patriotic. Cool. All right. Okay. Actually, Duff, uh, I, I might be, I might need your help though. That's actually why I'm calling. Um, I, uh, I'm kind of on the run. I'm kind of hiding out. Uh, oh, geez, are you, you on the lam right now? Might not be good. <sighs> not exactly, but I do think I'm being followed. Um, I mean, I feel like you know a little bit about hiding out or laying low if you need to. I sure do. Um, I sure do. Do you know anything about these people following you? Are these government? Are these G-men? Well, that's... Okay, so it's a little... Uh, it's a little... Uh, I'll just start kind of at the beginning. I'm working on a book. Uh, the book is called Horrors, an in- Incomplete Guide to the Unsettling, Forgotten, and Abandoned Locales in the Lower 48 States. Wow, okay, sure. It's right. So, okay, I, um, I'm, spending my, uh, I'm spending my COVID in ghost towns and haunted places. And, uh, you know, I don't, I, I would say that if you'd asked me four months ago, I, I don't believe in anything. But... I don't know that I still feel that way. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> okay. So you're, you're doing your own kind of cultural paranormal investigation. This is what you've chosen to do with your lockdown time. This is fascinating. Right. This is interesting right. stuff. So you say, have you had like a paranormal experience out there in the world? Oh man. <laughs> uh, so basically as I started going through these ghost towns and taking photos and doing research online, um, it just, be, you know, I, I thought I was spooking myself. I thought that maybe I was just, uh, you know, finally like giving into the thing and starting to feel more and more with each new locale. Like I was being followed or there's someone, someone there with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you're like photographing things. You're getting a vibe. Right. But then you start to like notice recurring names in the, in the, the founders of towns. And the people who uh, who put the money into the in, into the places, and then uh, I don't know. I just I don't trust that it's not all tied together somehow. Okay, the founders of the town. Ta- well, I mean, you know, sometimes 
pioneers would just found several counties, several towns in the county. I mean, it wouldn't be too out of line to see some feller's name on a couple of signposts in disparate ghost towns, right? I mean, I guess that makes sense. I guess so. Okay, okay, but are you are you experiencing like have you seen or felt anything that that seemed outside of your your natural understanding of reality? I mean, so I'm I'm not real comfortable saying where I am right now, but I'm posted up in one place for a little while. The vehicle needs some work, but uh, I keep seeing. I know it sounds. I keep seeing the same dog. It sounds crazy. It doesn't make any sense. The same dog. It's the same. It's always around the, the park where I'm po- where I'm posted up at. I know it's the same dog. It's always here, and it's brown, and it just it watches me. It's it's not a coincidence. There's no way. Large dog, small on, dog, Duff. medium dog. Uh, I'd say medium. Does this look like Eat. a dog that's living rough or a dog that is cared for? Middle ground. I mean. I can't tell if it has a collar. I haven't wanted to get too close. Something fishy. And it rained here. It's the desert. I'm in the Southwest. We'll say the Southwest. And it rained here. That doesn't happen. Not in the desert of the Southwest. Not in the Sonoran Desert. That doesn't happen. Everything but the girl made a song about it. It was 1994, Duff, so we can't play it on this episode. Oh, you know yeah, what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. I know Prophetic something else shit. you might not know. that There's a whole category of, of extraterrestrials. Um, that that have been documented and, and are well known to governing bodies that we refer to as watchers. These are aliens who really their only uh, perceivable mission on this earth is to track and and observe people, never really making a move. Some of these species have shape shifting capabilities. It is possible that this dog is some sort of a covert operation by a watcher alien to track you as you move from town to town. Maybe they have some vested interest in this book you're writing. I will say though, the fact that it, it continues to be the same dog every time feels like pretty sloppy technique. So I, I don't think we're dealing with like, you know, men's of scholars of the of the the far-reaching planets here so if i'm being followed they're stupid probably they're stupid i mean if they ain't made a move yet think about it this way if it is an alien i don't personally know about anything involving the existence of ghosts i've never experienced anything like that in my 20 billion years on on this earth however i i i will say that like if it is an alien if they was going to hurt you, they probably would have made a move by now. That being said, it might just be a freaking dog. And if it is, it could have rabies. Don't go up and pet that thing. That's my advice. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not trying to get rabies. I'm just trying to hide out in this van and drink my tamarindo vodka. And... Right. Can you, can, can you, you know. like, I know you don't want to, and I appreciate your operation security. I know you don't want to like, give me any clues about where you are. Can you just describe something about your immediate surroundings? So I get a better picture. Um, I mean, there's uh hold on. Let me look out my window right now. I don't see the dog. There are, uh, there are two men barbecuing. Um, okay, okay. Over an oil barrel. One of them is wearing pants. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm in a part of town where you can park, and it's not a problem. 
Okay, that's good color. So, that's good color. It's possible that they were listening to this show. They're like, he's on to the dog. Let's <laughs> let's cut out the dog. We can't do the dog. How about uh-huh. let's try some a couple barbecue and fellers? We'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna start seeing that's, those barbecuers in every town now. I mean, there are barbecuers pretty regularly. Who doesn't like some fiery tasting foods? <laughs> I appreciate your call tonight. A lot of fun talking to you. Hey, listen, stay safe out there. I want to read this book. I want you to finish it. I don't want you to get murked by some kind of a ghost in some sort of an Old West town. That's not what I want for you in this world. Same. Big same. Oh, man. Also, wholly unrelated, I hope you know that Green Day's Insomniac came out in 1995. Oh, hey, if you got insomnia, you should be listening to my show. It's super long. <laughs> Sometimes <Excellent>. drags. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. I appreciate you. That was, that was a lot of fun. I love, anytime we getting into the kind of paranormal, my ears perk up. I haven't, I'm not, I've not experienced anything myself, but I'm still open-minded about it. Hey, despite the fact that this next group released no proper albums or singles in 1995, this year is still looked on as a peak year for legendary Staten Island hardcore hip-hop collective, the Wu-Tang Clan. Because that was the year everybody branched out into solo albums and side projects, and some of the finest material these boys ever released came out that summer, the Summer of Wu. There was so much good music coming out of the expanded Wooniverse that I put together an entire block of, uh, of Wu-Tang solo and side projects, which I am titling the Wu-Tang Declanned. Here on 1995 Night, play it by year with me, Duff Dixon. Baby, I like it Pass all around. There is 
get hard, quick cement to the ground For any MC and any 52 states I get psycho, killer, Norman bass My producer slam, I was like, bam Jump on stage and then I did Talking about they blasting. Hmm. Is you busting still or is you flashing? Hmm. Talking out your asshole. You should have learned about the flow in PZ Afro. To Calgary Stallion, chinky eye and snot nose. From my naps to the bunion on my big toe. I keeps it moving. Know just what the fuck I'm doing. Rap insomniac. Fiend to catch a nigga snoozing. Slip the cardiac. Arrest me. Exorcist hip hop possess me. Crunch a nigga like a Nestle. You know my stage. Burning to a third degree. Sneaky ass alley cat top pedigree. The head toucher. Industry party bum rusher. You don't like it, dick up in your fuck ya. Yo, I slayed them seeds back in the rec room era. My style broke motherfucking backs like him for terror. Most rap niggas came loud but unheard. Once I pulled out, ground them off to the nearest third. Check these non-visual niggas with tapes in a portrait. Flood the seminar trying to orbit this corporate in the street. But what them niggas can't see must break through like the woo unexpectedly. Protect your neck, my sword still remains imperial. Before I blast the mic, Rizzo scratch off the cereal. We rain all year round from June to June. My niggas bite immediately, if not soon. Set the lynching and form the execution date as this 2000 beyond slang suffocate. Amplify sample through vacuum tubes, compressions, cause Rizzo to charge niggas 20 G's a session. When my mind starts to click it, and the strategy is mastered, the plot thicken. This be that wool shit. I don't give a cotton picket. Fuck about a brother trying to size a nigga up. I hold my own, hard hat protect the dome Look at mama baby boy acting like he grown No time for sleep, I get deep as the baritone Killer B that be holding down his honeycomb Lounging son, who brother number one Protect your neck, flying guillotines, here they come Bloody bastards, hard times and kill attack Spitting words, pluck, semi-automatic slurs Peep the graphic, novel from the genie bottle Hit the clutch, shift the gear now, full throttle Time to bungee, to the next episode I keeps it grungy, hand on my nutsack And spitting lungs, had a whack nigga that Don't understand the fact, when they come to rid the tracks I don't know how to act, real rap from the stack Killer Hill Projects, how to be exact Break it down, all in together now Things are getting good, looking better now
up in your guts Prince vanilla butter pecan chocolate deluxe Even caramel sundaes is getting touched And scooped in my ice cream truck Who it up? Yo honey dip, summertime fine, jury dripping Seen you with pickings with a bunch of chickens, how you clicking? I kept shooting strong notes as we got close She rock rope, honey throat smelling like impulse Your whole shell baby's wicked like Nimrod Caught me like a freshwater straw, or may I not be God? Attitude is very rude, boo, crabby like seafood It turns me on like vine, see it all rude They call me Starky Love Hunt, check the strategy by any means Shirley Temple course was done by Billy Jeans Black Mrs. America, your name is Erica, right true Lazy Yabu, small feet, six shoe Carmel complexion, breath smelling like cinnamon Excuse me, hun, the don't mean no harm Turn around again, goddamn Backyard's banging like a Benzie If I was Jiggy, you'd be spotted like Spot McKenzie I'm high-powered, put a Dina Howard to sleep, you're parting That bitch been on my mind all week But I'll bet to you, Maybelline Queen, let's make a team You can have anything in this world except cream So what you wanna do, what you wanna do Let's go ahead and walk these dogs and represent who Watch these rap niggas get all up in your guts Prince vanilla butter pecan chocolate deluxe Even caramel sundaes is getting touched And scooped in my ice cream truck to tear it up Challenge finest What up, boo? Peace, your highness, yo, I'm lounging Big dick style, y'all niggas is the flyers Moves you're making, true fire chooses Shaking out a rape patient You're looking good, fly, colored Asian Ghettos, them is your hometown We could go the whole round After that, I'm shooting downtown I'm rocking hats and your wig is all intact Who's that queen bee chick? Eyes curly black Freaks be moving in fly snakes. Two finger rings and gold teeth And ain't afraid to hold heat So when I step in the square, dear You better have cream this shit Freakin' Watch these rap niggas get all up in your guts Prince vanilla butter pecan chocolate deluxe Even caramel sundaes is getting touched Scooped in my ice cream truck and tears it up Black chocolate girl wonder shake ground like thunder Politic to your deficit step, give me your number Your sexy persuasive ta-tas and thighs Catch my eyes like highs, I want your bodily surprise Level down sometime, ice cream you got me falling out like a cripple I love you like I love my dick size, ooh baby I miss you Your sweet tender touches take pulls off the duchess Orgasm in my mind, stay masturbating your clutches I want you for self like wealth, so play me closely Bitches paranoia for this thing, who want the most of me? Only a hard dozen wanna be calling me cousin Thirsty for my catalog, baby shopping free of loving Call me if you wanna get dug like the pockets I just like a giant break wounds out of the sockets For real niggas what? It's the after party, your bitches wanna fuck. Watch these rap niggas get all up in your guts. Prince Vanilla butter, pecan chocolate deluxe. Even caramel sundaes is getting touched. Scooped in the ice cream truck, who tears it up? Ice cold bitches melt down when in my clutch. And want they titties sucked, ice cream. Yeah. Your guts. Prince Vanilla butter, pecan chocolate deluxe. Even caramel sundaes is getting touched. Scooped in the ice cream truck, who tears it up? Ice cold bitches melt down when in the clutch. They want their titties sucked. Ice cream. One love to my chocolate deluxes. Keep your nails done and your wigs tight. Hold up. One love to my butter peaking Ricans for calling me poppy. That's for red. One love to caramel sundae with the cherries on top. Yeah. And big up to my French vanillas. Polly Boo, Francais, Mia Amor, Merci, Wee Wee, Bon Bons, and all that good stuff. Good stuff.
could put a rope around your neck and jerk it. The trick didn't work. Your life was fucked up from the first day of birth. After watching Jackie Gleason walk into a precinct, gun down a captain for no fucking reason. And get some LSD or a drink from the bar. Get behind your wheel and crash the car. Like Desert Storm, got bombs for the war. Confront an alligator, let it eat your roar. Back to the function, riding the caboose to hell. Dizzy touch the third rail. You fucked up, chicken. Now you just got fried, cause it's a suicide. Wu-Tang declanned 1995-9 played by year. You just heard 1-800-SUICIDE by Gravediggers, the, the RZA's horrorcore 
group. Before that, Shadow Boxing from Liquid Swords by the Jizza, and uh, Ice Cream by Raekwon with fellow Woo members Ghostface and Method Man and Capadonna. They're all on that track, too. And we began that block with Shimmy Shimmy Yaw by Old Dirty Bastard, Rest in Peace. May the Lord rest the soul of, of ODB. Here to four and forever. That was a good one, man. What a fun night hanging out in the mid nineties with y'all. Uh, I do have, uh, not a call, but somebody who I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm fast becoming kind of buddies with is here. Colleen Claxton is here. Uh, how you doing, Colleen? I'm nervous. I've been nervous all day. That's understandable. That's understandable. It's hard. This stuff, this kind of stuff is hard. I, I don't think I can do it. I think it's a bad idea. Colleen, you can't you can't back down now, okay? We're a little too far down this thing. Remember, remember, we both agreed that this is like our best shot. Can you help me then? Say something reassuring to me. I need to calm down. My CNS is overloading. Yeah, okay, sure. Uh, you thinking like um, stuff? Uh, there's something actually wrong with me. I'm not normal when it comes to relationships and feelings. I I don't know how to be close like that. Or empathetic. I'm a terrible person. No, don't be ridiculous, okay? You're an awesome person, and and, and come on now. Let's get our hands back on the wheel. You know, let's limber up. Let's focus. Here's something. Okay, I'm gonna, let me teach, I'm going to teach you the trick to giving, like, an A-plus apology, okay? This is a, this is a big secret, because really it's just a formula, and you, you love that kind of stuff, right? Formulas and, and rules and stuff like that? Normally, I would find that quite patronizing. But yes, I would love a formula. Thank you. Okay, step one, you got to start off by restating what you done that was wrong. And you cannot sugarcoat it. Just tell it like how the person who you hurt would tell it. After that, you got to explain why it was wrong. You know, show them that you understand the consequences of, of your actions. And then next comes the actual apology part of the apology. So you got to just express remorse. And, you know, in as genuine a way as you possibly can, that, this part really has to come from just a real place. You, you can't really fake that stuff. That makes sense. Okay. So if I do all of that. Well, you're not out of the woods yet there sister there's there's one more part you get you got to make a commitment um it could be like a a promise that you're you're not going to do what you did ever again it could be that it might be a pledge that you make to to the other person to try and make it up to them somehow you just gotta you gotta offer something that shows how you know these these wasn't just words there's got to be like an action behind them can you make the call with me? Oh, boy. Uh, I think it'd be more effective if I wasn't involved. Please? If I'm poking my head in, it's going to send the wrong message, okay? But but I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm going to be right here with you, like, the whole time for uh, moral support. Can you promise to have my back if things go sideways? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. Uh, pinky swear on it. All right. Okay. Deep breaths. You got this. Fix a fast computer repair. Dave speaking. 
My doctor says I'm going on hospice after Monday, so I'm knocking 25% off my price in case I start screwing up people's computers once I'm all whacked out on dope. Hi, Howard. Oh, great. You again. I shall now state my apology. I abandoned you when you were a newborn baby. It was wrong of me to do that because mothers aren't supposed to abandon their newborn babies. I apologize. I promise not to abandon any more babies. Do you forgive me? What the hell? Was that supposed to be a joke? (laughs) Is this funny to you? No, of course not. I didn't laugh, did I? Tell him you're nervous. Tell him that you're nervous. Jethro, I can hear you muttering back there. Sorry, sorry, Mr. Yowney. I suppose you came along to laugh at me. Boy, you two are sick. You must really get off on tormenting a tired old man. What do you mean, tormenting? I'm trying to fix this. Fix what? There is no this. Howard, have you considered adopting a new perspective? I mean, when you think about it, how bad was it really to grow up without a mother? Oh, no, Colleen. No, no, no. Abort, 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 abort. Perhaps a rough patch in the middle somewhere, but just look at you now. A fresh start, your own business. You turned out fine. What help would I have been? It's not as if I wanted to have you. I couldn't possibly have ever loved you. When the nurse held you up for me to have a look, I thought, get that thing away from me. What kind of mother would I have been? Not a very effective one, wouldn't you say? Sir, she she did... Let me ask you something. What do you remember about my old man? Joseph Spalding? Quite a bit, actually. He was a statistician and a sociologist. He was intuitive, hardworking, well-liked. Not bad-looking. A suitable specimen with whom to produce a suitable offspring. (laughs) He might have been all that before you ran out on him. But the Joe I knew was a drunk. Good for nothing except moaning and crying. Except for when he fly into a rage. I was four years old the first time he threatened to kill himself. Maybe five the first time he threatened to kill me. I could have used you in my corner then. But the whiskey took care of old Joe before he could make good on any of that. Hepatitis. I found him in the shower. He looked like a lemon. The whole body was yellow. That was 1941. I was seven years old. The state put me on a train to St. Joseph's Asylum for Orphans. We slept 35 to a room. I was small, you know, a little preemie. I couldn't defend myself. The other kids stole my food and my medication. The nuns had it out for me, too. Sister Mary Catherine would grab my arm, pin it to the desk, and my knuckles till I couldn't hold a pencil. <laughs> and then there was Father Tom. Why don't you take a wild guess what he did? I could have used you in my corner then. Did you know that when I was 24 years old, they did a cover story for me for the ACM? In the last paragraph, J.C.R. Licklider called me the kid who will usher in a new age of computing. The guy was my hero. I couldn't believe it. (laughs) A decade later, I got to give a keynote at the Stony Brook Computer Science Conference. I felt pretty good about myself. Then I saw two cops walking down the aisle toward me. They 
cuffed me and dragged me out of the auditorium in front of pretty much everyone I'd ever worked with or dreamt about working with. The DA gave a press conference, said I was a cannibal and a Satanist. Front page of the Sunday Times. The judge threw out my case that the damage was done. My career was over. I couldn't use you in my corner then. Five years later, on Christmas Eve, I was working as a janitor in Southampton Hospital in Montauk. I found out J.C.R. Licklider was there getting his appendix out. For 15 years, I'd been carrying around that article from the ACM in my wallet. I showed it to him. I thanked him. I tried to express, you know, how much it meant for somebody to believe in me like that. But once he figured out who I was, he started screaming. I begged him, just let me explain, please. Listen to me. He yelled, help! He's going to eat me. Somebody come quick. I've lost my job. My apartment. I could have used you in my corner then. How about after that? How about in the alleyways and on the street corners, out in the cold, trying to sleep on asphalt and cardboard with a crumpled up newspaper under my head? I spent ten years in the gutters. Where were you then? I could have used you. I could have used anybody. But no. You're here now, when I'm old and sick. Well, guess what? I don't want you in my corner anymore. I don't want to hear your apologies. I've suffered my entire life. I think I've earned the right to spend the rest of it hating your guts. That's just me. What do you think? You rotten bitch! Okay, so, um, I have a couple of notes. You hung me out to dry. Well, I, well, I, wasn't, try, I wasn't trying to do that. All week, I told you I wasn't ready for this, and you kept pressuring me. You told me I could do it. You lied to me. Why did you do that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought I was, I thought I was helping. Was it because you wanted this for your show? No. God, no. No, absolutely not. I think we should no longer be in contact, Darth. Well, hang on. Can we just talk, can we talk this out? Not, not now, not now, obviously. I mean, like, off the air, can we talk about this? Darth. Do you know why I came to you for help after Archangel threw me out? Why I wanted to work with you specifically? I mean, I assume because two heads are better than one? No. Because you're charming. People like you and they want you to like them back. You can be so persuasive. I've never had that gift. I want to know who did this. Who broke the device? 
It's all I think about. I want justice for our colleagues who didn't make it. I thought I could use your talents to help me get those things. But I think somewhere along the line, you started to use them on me to get what you wanted. Let's take a day. Okay, let's, let's just take a day and cool off. You know, just give me, just give me a chance to process all this stuff you're saying. And then we can, you know, we can sit down, you and me, no microphones, and we can, we can just work through all this stuff together. I'm going to hang up now. Goodbye, Duff Dixon. Bye. Y'all know that feeling when you've been acting selfish and you hurt somebody because you weren't thinking about them and you wasn't thinking about what you were doing? It's a bad feeling. I think I have an unhealthy relationship with this show. I think I've kind of staked too much of my life into it, and I love you guys. But it's not fair for me to do this kind of stuff to people. I got one word play y'all tonight, and it's uh, it's by David Bowie. It's called The Heart's Filthy Lesson. Thank you.